Aloha, everyone. Half a day. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Thanks to all the brothers and sisters from our different island churches who helped to welcome us this morning, as well as lead us in praise and song. It's great to be together. 2020 was a rough year for many people and continues to be so. Unfortunately, many are mourning the loss of a loved one, discouraged of losing a job or struggling financially to make ends meet. Depending on your situation, you're happy to put 2020 behind you. Now, while last year was dominated by crisis, tragedy, division, and disease, it wasn't all bad news. As people of faith, we know that God is still in control and he's working for our benefit. What are some of the good things that have happened? Well, here are a couple things of many. As a church, we've become more home-based than facility-based. What do I mean by this? God forced us out of the buildings and into the homes where the responsibility of spiritual growth and faith development is placed on the family. That's a good thing. That's a God thing. Also, we become more compassionate to those who are hurting around us. As things shut down, unemployment soared well above 20%. So in Oahu, we started a career coaching ministry to help those in the church and community who are unemployed or underemployed. So many more in the church have volunteered to help the houseless communities or those affected by COVID-19 by serving in food distribution lines or delivering groceries. That's the ministry of Jesus Christ. There's a passage that always comes to mind to me when we enter a new year. It's found in Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14 that reads, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you see what's happening? Paul's attitude was fixated on the future. He poured his energy and attention into moving forward. If there's anyone who would have loved to forget the past, it was the Apostle Paul. When you study his life, not only was he rapidly ascending in the Jewish religion, but he was also vehemently opposed to Christians and to Christ himself at one point. Not a good thing. Now, none of us can change the past, but we can certainly have a say into our future. Next time you get into a car, here's an interesting observation. There's a reason why in driving a car, the rear view mirror is much smaller than our windshield. Why? Because if we spent so much time and energy looking at what's behind us, we're going to lose sight of what's in front of us, and we're going to crash. You think God wants all of us to embrace this forward-thinking attitude for our lives? Yes, He absolutely does. God cares more about our future than He does about our past. Now, for this year's All-Island Worship, we've chosen the theme, The Year of the Lord's Favor, and it comes to us from the book of Isaiah. You may ask, well, which year are you talking about, Anthony? Well, last year or this year is the year of the Lord's favor. Really both. And you'll see in a minute. Isaiah was an 8th century BC prophet who ministered primarily to the southern kingdom of Judah. He rebuked the people of God for their sins, warned them they would be overcome by the Babylonians, but most importantly, told them about the salvation of God and their eventual return to him. In Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2, we read this prophecy. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, it's not necessarily a literal year, but rather a space in time that's characterized by God's grace, redemption, and deliverance. In Isaiah, the year of the Lord's favor refers to God's restoration of his people from Babylonian captivity, possibly with the intention of liking it to the year of Jubilee, when freedom was proclaimed throughout all the land. Now, you can read more about the year of Jubilee in Leviticus 25, verse 8 following. But during that 50th year, all debts were canceled, all land was returned to the original owners, the slaves were freed, and everybody was given a fresh new beginning. This was the Lord's way of balancing the economy and keeping the rich from exploiting the poor. Imagine if we did that today in our nation. Who's Isaiah talking about? Was he talking about himself? No, he wasn't. We'll see later on Jesus quoted from the passage when he spoke in the synagogue in Nazareth and he applied this scripture to himself. Now here's the thing. We're not called to do this year of Jubilee today. But how does this principle apply to us? If you've trusted and given your life to Christ as your Savior, if you're a disciple of Jesus and have been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you are living today in a spiritual year of Jubilee. You have been set free from bondage. Your spiritual debt to the Lord has been paid. You are living in the year of the Lord's favor. How exciting is that? The coming of Jesus Christ into the world ushered in the year of the Lord's favor. The time of God's grace, redemption, and deliverance is now at hand, and all are invited to follow Christ in repentance and by faith receive the gift of eternal life. See, we don't need a calendar new year to experience newness and a fresh start. We can experience that daily by being in Christ now. Isn't that great news? 2021 is certainly the year of the Lord's favor. For the rest of our time, we'll be introduced to a couple new church leaders in our island family of churches. And the brothers will continue preaching on this fulfilled scripture by Jesus in Luke chapter 4. In Maui, Kent and Heather McKean have done an incredible job leading the church for the past five years. They made the decision to transition from the full-time ministry and pursue a passion that God has put on their hearts. As they led the transition team this past year, God surfaced the right couple to carry the baton. And we'll hear from our new Maui church leaders, Stephen and Kristen Van Buren. Also, we'll be hearing from our Big Island church leaders, Gary and Christy Robertson. So grateful for their partnership, and they'll have exciting things to share about the future. But before this, we'll hear from our new church leaders from the Guam Christian Church, Marvin and Sharice Lucas. God has used them to serve in different parts of the world, and we're fortunate to have them in our family of churches. Great to be together, brothers and sisters. Let's live 2021 as the year of the Lord's favor. God bless. Happy day! Hello there. We're the Lucases, and uh, we're excited to be on this all-island worship, and I'm going to have my wife introduce us. Hi there. It is so wonderful, as my husband said, to be able to be with you guys and to be part of these beautiful island of churches and 
uh, just being part of the Pacific body of churches as well. But yeah, we've been here for four months. We moved from the Heartland body of churches and uh, we spent six years there. And uh, it has been so incredible just to be able to meet uh, new relationships within the uh, Pacific body of churches and the leaders, some that we've known for a long time and some that we're just now meeting. So it's really great to be connected with you guys. And I'm excited about this service that we get to have all together. And uh, I just want to say a little shout out to the Galangs. It's just so wonderful to be in reconnection with you. Uh, obviously over 20 odd years ago, we knew them from our LA days. We were a little young bucks running around, just cranking around for the Lord. And we're still cranking around for the Lord now in our midlife. <laughs> it's wonderful to be with you guys. Well, thank you. And uh, uh, we appreciate the warm welcome that everyone has given us. And uh, um, we're looking forward to the service today. Thank you. Well, today we're going to continue um, what Anthony spoke about a few minutes ago about the scripture in Isaiah. And we're going to look at the fulfillment of that today in the New Testament. Um, we're going to start off in uh, Luke 4, 16 through 21. Let me read that to you. It says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, and recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. A lot of times when I listen, look at the scriptures, I always ask myself, let me put myself in that situation. Maybe I, I'm a Jew sitting in this synagogue in Nazareth. And obviously this teacher gets up, a rabbi, that's Jesus, and gets up and reads with a lot of confidence and authority. And then at the end of that, he says that this scripture has been fulfilled today. You're like, what? Isaiah read that 800 years ago. And you're saying you're it. This moment. Everything that's happened in Israel has come to this moment. And when I look at this moment, I look at it like Jesus's mic drop. He dropped the mic. There was silence. All eyes were fixed on him. You could hear a pin drop. And I asked myself, how can Jesus be so confident and so bold? You know, today we're, we're living in fear and uncertainty. 
We don't know when the church is going to open up. We don't know when we're going to socialize. We don't even know when we're going to eat in a restaurant again. We don't even know. But I know one thing, that Jesus was a man of confidence and boldness. Then I asked myself, where did he get this boldness from? And the key is in the passage. In verse 18, it says, in Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And it's the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, that gives us that boldness. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to proclaim Jesus was able to proclaim the words of Isaiah and fulfill an 800-year prophecy because the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the beautiful thing about it is the Holy Spirit is in us, brothers and sisters. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I do not think that when, when we had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at baptism. I don't think we should be living a life of mediocrity and a life of silence and a life of, of not proclaiming. And when I look at a person in the Bible that really personifies this spirit, I think of Stephen. Stephen was appointed as a deacon to wait on tables for widows. And then as things unveiled, he found himself in front of the Sanhedrin preaching about the death of Christ in Acts chapter 7. And preaching so boldly that he was using words like, you're stiff-necked, you're prideful, you're arrogant, you put to death Jesus. And I want to read from, from um, Acts chapter 7 in verse 54. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this after his tirade, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of the young man Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. One of the amazing things with this passage, brothers and sisters, is the Holy Spirit put Stephen in that predicament. The Holy Spirit filled up his heart and his mind and his soul to proclaim boldly. As I said, brothers and sisters, we have the Holy Spirit in, in, inside of us. It is meant to be bold. It's not meant to shrink back. It's not meant to isolate ourselves and doubt ourselves. People are still lost. More people are lost today feeling like their lostness than ever before. I'm actually a, 
a, um, a licensed professional counselor, our business has gone up by a thousand percent. That means 10 times more people are seeking counseling now than, than ever before. And actually, I want to tell you a story of faith. And, and I've wrestled, and I've constantly wrestled during COVID, and like we all have. What do we do with church now? What do we do uh, with fellowship? What do we do with outreach? What is this virtual stuff? We just do not understand it. And I'm still trying to get my head around it. But there, about uh, eight months ago, um, I was on a, uh, a contract work for a um, very popular online counseling service. They have 8,000 therapists, 8,000. And what they do, they randomly select referrals based on your state, but also with the international, any, any therapist that opens themselves up for international, they randomly select it out of 8,000 therapists. And I received a referral from, from Malta. Her name was Adina. And she was uh, like everybody else, full of anxiety and fear. And uh, I started uh, ther doing therapy with her. And, and uh, the spirit was telling me to share my faith with her. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can lose my license. I will lose my license if I, if I bring religion into it. Not only that. She's in Malta. Why? We don't even have a church in Malta. How can she? Who's going to baptize her? I mean, come on. And you know what's, what I was doing? Instead, instead of proclaiming, I was complaining. I was complaining and full of fear instead of being faithful and proclaiming the word of Jesus. And a long story short, I, I reached out because the original language is Hungarian. I reached out to the church in Budapest. And uh, I'm like, look, I'm reaching out to this lady in, in Malta. I know it's about 1,300 miles away, but she seems to be open and responsive to the word. And two sisters reached out to her virtually, started studying the Bible. My wife also started studying the Bible with her. When we were in Little Rock, that was 5,000 miles away, and she continued to study with her while we were in Guam, 7,000 miles away, and, and a miracle happened two weeks ago. I think it was 1220, two weeks ago, she was baptized. There was three brothers and sisters that flew out from Budapest to baptize her, and the good news is she even had friends there watching this miracle. Brothers and sisters, I just want to give you some encouragement. I know these are uncertain times, but Jesus is still Lord, okay? Jesus is still Lord, and we need to be bold. Why? Because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. That is the type of spirit an expectation we need to send into 2021. Guys, as we listen to Steve and Christine here in Maui, brothers and sisters, I believe that 2021 is going to be an amazing year if we truly fill ourselves up with the Holy Spirit. I pass you over to Steve and Christine. God bless. Aloha, church. My name is Stephen Van Buren. This is my amazing wife, Kristen. And a couple of months ago, uh, we really 
heard God calling us to take a leap of faith and to move to Maui to help partner and serve uh, in the gospel uh, on this awesome island and really across all of the islands in the Pacific Southwest. Uh, I grew up as a uh, and became a disciple as a teen uh, in eighth grade, and uh, Kristen became a disciple when she was in college at the University of Georgia. And uh, we've had an incredible privilege of being able to serve uh, God's people uh, in youth and family ministries and campus ministries, as well as churches now. And, uh, and we couldn't be more happy than to be able to be here and to be able to partner and serve uh, with all of you guys. You know, when you study the Bible and you become a disciple, you, you have the heart of, here am I, send me. And you're willing to give up anything and go anywhere to follow God's Spirit. And that's what's really brought us here to Maui. And we've just begun to fall in love with the church here, um, getting to bring our daughter, Ella, who is 12 years old, and our son, Andrew, who's 10, uh, getting to watch them seek God here mm -hmm. uh, with the disciples here has been amazing already. Uh, we're just so excited to see all that God's going to do and the amazing things we're going to get to see him do um, as we partner with him in the gospel. Thank you for welcoming us into your ohana uh, here in the Pacific Southwest. We love you guys. Mahalo and God bless. And thank you again, Marvin, uh, just for uh, the thoughts and the things that you have shared uh, with us this morning uh, about the Holy Spirit. And man, if there's uh, one of my favorite topics uh, is, is, is the Holy Spirit and, and loving uh, just what you shared with us about really aligning ourselves with him and following him and, and super grateful uh, for that. So, so grateful to be able to be with all of you uh, today. And, and I am so excited about uh, this service and this topic, uh, the year of the Lord's favor. You know, as, we, as we've just read and as we're going to continue to read through the service, you know, that the, the passage in, in Isaiah that, that was prophesying to this, this moment in Luke 4 when Jesus comes on the scene, he walks into the temple, he takes the scroll, he unrolls it, you know, he, 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 he reads the message you know, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled it up and he sat down. And I tell you what, this encourages and inspires me to no end. Why? Because... When, when you think about who who he was, who this was being proclaimed to, it says to to the poor, uh, to the prisoners, to those who were blind, to those who have been oppressed. And when I think about this last year that we just came through, 2021, I think, oh my gosh, right? Were were we not poor and oppressed? And, and, and blind and, and struggling. It, it was a year of hardship. We, did we see great things? I'm, I'm sure we did. We also really had to labor and go through some hard and challenging things. But I love that this is prophesying about Jesus. And then he rolls it up. He sits down and he says, today, what you just heard is fulfilled in me. Right? That, 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 I mean, think about it. These, these men and women in the audience had heard this message, this prophecy 
for 700 something years since it had been, since that original prophecy back in Isaiah. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, today it's fulfilled. I am the fulfillment of all of this, your hopes. You know, for 700 years hoping that the page would turn, the next year, the next decade, the next century would come, the Messiah, and then it finally did come. Imagine the audience, imagine the scene, and in fact, what it says when he does that, it, it, it says that, uh, that they were amazed, they were in awe and amazed at Jesus. And what encourages me and what inspires me and, and, and really gives me hope Right, is, is, is this Jesus, your Jesus, mine, our, our brother, Lord and Christ, Messiah, Savior, right? He is the fulfillment. You know, we can run to look to so many other things to, to find fulfillment, to, to, to seek happiness, to, to figure out what's on the other side of 2020 and, and, and where are we going to put our hope into in, in, in a new year? Is it going to be is it going to be your mayor, your governor? Is it going to be the president of the United States? Is, is that who we're putting our hope and trust in to turn things around? Is it going to be in Pfizer or Moderna? Is it going to be in a vaccine? Jesus said that I I am the fulfillment. If, if brothers and sisters, if you if you want to be full, if you want to be filled, then we need to start looking to the to the one and only person that is the fulfillment of all these things, and that is Jesus Christ. Sometimes it can be easier said than done, and and because of that, I wanna I wanna close out with with what has become one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible in, uh, in, in, recent, uh, in, in recent weeks and months. Hebrews chapter 6. And um, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. And, uh, and, starting, um, and starting in verse 18, it says, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that His promise and his vow will never change. And now, listen to this, listen to these words. Maybe don't even, don't even read along. Put your phone down or the Bible down. Close your eyes and allow these words to sink in to your soul. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This, in, in his heart, in his faithfulness, this is where we find his strength and his power and his comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. What is that? What has he empowered us to seize ahead of time? It says an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong and unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. Understand, brothers and sisters, what I just read. 
that, that in him, Jesus, the fulfillment of all of these promises, what we have to look forward to in, in a new year in 2021, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of this. He will give you the strength that you need. He gives the comfort. He will empower you to seize this unshakable hope. And that hope that we have in Jesus is like an anchor for our souls. Brothers and sisters, let's forget what's behind and let's strain towards what is ahead. Let us, let us take this hope that we have in Jesus. Let us anchor ourselves to him, to the mercy seat, by being devoted to prayer and the study and scripture of word, by being devoted to one another and each other's lives, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Right? Let, let, let's take Acts 2.42. Let's take that hope that we have in him, that unshakable hope. Let's make it an anchor for our souls, fastened to the mercy seat of Jesus as he sits on his throne. Aloha with love from Maui. God bless. And I hand it over to two very special people, Gary and Christy Robertson, on the wonderful island of the big island of Hawaii. Mahalo. Aloha, I'm Christy Robertson, and this is my husband, Gary, and we lead the Big Island Church of Christ. And on behalf of the Big Island Church of Christ, we did want to say how grateful we are for the partnership that we share with Guam, Maui, and Oahu in taking the gospel to the uh, islands of the Pacific. So reading again from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There's a couple of things about this verse that I think are really interesting when it talks about Jesus and what Jesus saw as his mission on earth was. The first thing it says is that Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim. Anointing is not a word that we're really familiar with, but we can kind of get the idea of what it means. Uh, here in America, in January, January 20th, I believe, President, uh, Vice President Biden and uh, Kamala Harris are going to be inaugurated as President and Vice President of the United States. And that means that they're going to be given a job by this country to serve uh, this country. And that is what an anointing was. It was basically someone being given a, an obligation or a job to carry out as anointed to by God. And Jesus said that God has anointed me. And he said, what he anointed me to do? He said, he's anointed me to proclaim. You know, we have been given the same mission as Jesus. 
because the Holy Spirit is in us, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we too have been anointed. And it's not an anointing to uh, just keep uh, uh, the blessings to us. It is an anointing to proclaim. Then Jesus said three times, he said, I've been anointed to proclaim, to proclaim, to proclaim. That's not hard to figure out what he believed his mission was. Uh, I remember when I first went to church as a little boy, I was probably taught one of the basic things that you were taught, and that is how to make a church building. And so we would go, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and there are the people. And that is halfway true. The other part of it is this. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors to all the people. That's what proclamation was. It was standing up publicly, providing a message that was to be heard and was to be listened to, spoken with authority, so that people would listen to that message and obey it. So the purpose of our mission is to proclaim. He says here uh, who I was to be, be, be proclaimed to, and we've already talked about these, but let me just tell you one more time. Proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Proclaim recovery of sight for the blind. Uh, to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I like that proclaim freedom for the prisoners. The word for prisoner here is the word that means, uh, it's, it's a root word that means spear. So when men would go into a battle and they would capture prisoners, they would put a spear to their back and turn them into prisoners of war. People in the islands of the Pacific have been imprisoned. They've been imprisoned by sin. They've been imprisoned by doubt by fear, by hopelessness, especially right now people feel a real imprisonment of hopelessness. And our job is to proclaim freedom so that the prisoners of war might be released. He said it's to set the oppressed free, the broken, the crushed, those who have been, uh, been things have been broken and they've been scattered on the ground. That's what oppressed means people in the islands feel oppressed. They feel oppressed by injustice. They feel oppressed, again, by COVID-19. They feel in, uh, oppressed by poverty. What's our job? Our job is to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to the oppressed, to the blind, to those who cannot see. I want to share with you a couple of stories that occurred in the last 13 months on the Big Island that are just stories that come as a result of victorious proclamation. December 2019, on December the 26th, Fred Camaro Sr., who's the father of Fred and Joan, Fred Camaro and Joan Paris here on the Big Island, and Phil Camaro on Oahu, Fred Camaro Sr., who was in his 90s, decided to make Jesus the Lord of his life. In fact, he decided to make Jesus number one person in his life. He passed away just a few weeks later. One year later, his granddaughter, Malia, was baptized on December the 26th, 2020, 
she's 16 years old. So whether a person is in their 90s or a person is 16, all people in between, they need to have the gospel proclaimed to them. And that was a wonderful victory for God here on the Big Island. The second victory, a proclamation, is about to occur. We're formally announcing today that we are beginning searching for a couple to come start and lead a new campus ministry at the University of Hawaii in Hilo. I want you to look at the following presentation. from the Big Island Church of Christ. My name is Gary Robertson. This is my wife, Christy. We've been leading the church on the Big Island since 2016 when we moved here from Atlanta. Church is made up of 22 loving and wonderful disciples. We have about 30 people in attendance on Sunday mornings. Thanks to God's mercy and funding provided by the Pacific Southwest Family of Churches, we're happy to announce that we are looking to hire a couple to help start and build a campus ministry at the University of Hawaii Hilo campus. UH Hilo is part of the University of Hawaii system. The university has 3,500 students. They come from all over the Pacific and parts of the United States. In 2020, University of Hawaii Hilo was recognized by U.S. News and World Reports as the most diverse campus in America. We are so excited uh, about this opportunity and just to see what God is going to do in the next few years through the campus ministry. If you're interested, we would love to hear from you. Our contact information is included in the announcement, but you can also find it on the Big Island Church of Christ website. We would also request that whether you're interested or not, we plead with you to please, please pray that God will direct us through His Spirit to find the right couple to come and lead this exciting new ministry. Mahalo. Mahalo! I hope that inspires you. I hope that encourages you. I know that it does us. I know that it, it, it's going to be a wonderful thing to see all the amazing things God is going to do through the campus ministry here at UH Hilo. I want to close with the following verse. And I hope this verse will inspire you to realize that you've been anointed and your anointing is to reclaim the gospel throughout the Pacific. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise in the islands. The Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. May God help us all to proclaim, to proclaim, to proclaim the message of Jesus throughout the islands. God bless you all.